Hello and welcome to the God-Led Mystics Podcast. I am your guide and host, Reverend Rose, here to guide you into your deep inner knowing about who God really is. In today's episode, I interview my wonderful friend Deborah of La Mer Soul Crafts, who's an oracle, a mystic, a seer, and a seeker. In this conversation, we journey and talk about the conceptualization of God, merging timelines and collapsing timelines, and protecting ourselves in time of spiritual warfare. This is a wonderful and riveting conversation filled with our own stories, our own lessons and insights from holding sacred space, and really just accessing this Akash and ethereal realm. I hope that you enjoy this conversation and you learn something new, and I hope out of all things, that you remember the God within you. Enjoy. There we go. Wonderful. Hello and welcome, Deborah. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it almost feels like artificial to say that. It's so weird. I don't know. Um, I would love if you could introduce yourself. Tell tell me who you are. <laughs> I, yeah, it's always so, so awkward having to introduce myself, but yeah, because I'm always like, oh yeah, people know me. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm Deborah, for those listening, and I do all kinds of weird spiritual stuff. I am an intuitive painter. I read the Akashic Records, and I just kind of help people wherever they are on their journey in trying to find Mother, Father, God basically beautiful yeah um so what does god mean to you well god is everything basically that we see that we don't see and everything in between and by trying to limit god by looking at the bible we are getting a hijacked version of god so god is something way bigger way more fast and it is the it's everything that you can think of and could not even think of Beautiful. I think that's a good answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually quite concise um it makes me wonder like um do you think that we can like comprise all of these holy scriptures from several different um you know, several, several different cultures and discover, discover the pris prismatic face of God. So I don't know why I struggled with that question. <laughs> I, that's a question that I've already asked myself because I've been studying the Quran a little bit because I actually uh, met a, a guy last year and he is very devoted to the Quran, but at the same yeah. time, very curious. And we met here in Spain where, I, where I'm living. And he was very open to, oh, you work with angels. Tell me about this stuff. There's angels in the Quran. And then he showed me yeah. where Jesus was mentioned in the Quran. Like here is Mary and Jesus. They're mentioned in the Quran. Yeah. He sent me all these verses. And, and it's very interesting to see how angels or God, how, how they are portrayed in different books all around the world and there's probably truth in all of them and if we can somehow try to get all of these experiences combined we will get a more realistic view of what god could be yeah 
but it's still a very subjective thing because everybody has their own experience as well of what God is to them. Yeah. I feel. I um I follow this guy. I can't think of his actual handle or name right now um, on Twitter who is like a Muslim mystic. And he uh, he teaches a lot in his Patreon about um, the angels and the jinn, the different levels of like beings that exist. Um, and it's just so fascinating to uh, really study from another lens, like with curiosity and with openness, um, what actually exists in there. And he constantly blows me away with the different levels of beings that actually exist, you know, in um, the Muslim pantheon. We don't often think about like these Abrahamic traditions uh, full of mystical creatures, but I think that's part of, you know, what they stole from us when they decided that they were going to control um, the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. And because when you go and read like the scene Gospel of Peace, you go and read Gospel of Mary Magdalene. It's it's like a magical fairy tale of mysticism. It is full. <laughs> and also, of course, the language, because originally these books were written in Aramaic. And when you go and read something in Aramaic, then one word already has four different definitions. So yep. what did the Romans do? They chose the definition that best suited them, of course. That was like that was gonna work in their favor, right. and so you have a whole Roman Bible right now. It is not; it has nothing to do with Christianity. It has everything to do with with the Roman Empire. Yeah, and I found that to be like kind of ironic when I've tried to talk to um, people that are in the church about the Gnostic Gospels, and they just seem to like you know, push it off like some nonsense woo-woo. And to me, it just like, it makes me laugh in a way because I'm like, you're not receiving the teaching. Like it's, you know, it's about true mysticism, not just like you have to follow my word or else. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I just like, I struggle with, uh being able to communicate with certain people in the church because it's like you know how how do we open our hearts like you know how how do we really open our hearts to have these conversations without getting all riled up on my end and of course probably on their end too because they just think I'm you know some weirdo I guess (laughs) yeah yeah it's very difficult because they have their belief system Um, and and yeah, because I it's happened on Instagram or other places that I'll post something and I talk about the mystical Christ. And then somehow some religious fanatic wanders over to my Instagram. I don't know how that happens, but it happens. <laughs> yeah. And then they find my post and they're like, oh, you're for sure going to hell for saying those things. It's like, imagine God is this supreme parent imagine that you have a son so you know what this this is like and so your kid does something they draw on the wall and they they make a mess of this wall it's a marker you can't get it off it's not washable it's like the kind that's on there forever so you're pissed of course you're like well that sucks 
but you love this child and you will forever love this child. You created this is a part of you. You would never say you are going to hell forever because you did this. I will judge you now for doing this. You're going to hell. Like no parent does this. And we are made in the image of God. So why would he do that to us? That makes no sense. I agree. I totally agree. And I feel like, um, you know, we have, there's like this egregore around the church, right? And so um, a lot of like the belief systems that we operate under um, are really infiltrated by generations and generations and generations of personal trauma, personal belief systems, um, being told this and that. Uh, and I love, I don't know if you know who Jordan B. Maxwell is, but I was watching uh, one of his videos uh, and he grew up in the Catholic church and he was notoriously like, um, you know, the clown or the one that never took anything seriously. And so the nuns told him, um to not to not talk back basically they they had you know someone coming in um and not to ask any questions they did not want him to ask any questions but he did he opened his mouth he raised his hand and he said you know father um if i took a torch blower to a spirit would it affect them and the father said well (laughs) of course not and he said so then why would i believe in hell yeah. And I love that story. Because it's he's like he's telling the story as like a seven-year-old. Like he was like mm-hmm. seven at this time. And it's it's like a child's mind. It's just like what we call the original mind, right? That has those insights and inspirations. Like, okay, if fire doesn't burn a soul, then why do we believe that we're going to eternal damnation? And he, of course, said he got lashed after that one. But um it's it's just like those questions are kind of hilarious to me in a way. But then I also think like, I also think maybe they hijacked the Norse goddess hell as well, you know, you know, goddess of the underworld. And I wonder if they just like reversed everything. They like reversed engineered it because of course her realm was icy and cold. Uh, And so they took hell and made it hot and fiery. But I don't know. These are all just my musings. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that is interesting and I have had those moments as well where I'm going down this mental rabbit hole of just trying to figure it out and I remember when I was seven years old that we were learning about because I went to Catholic school when I was Mm -hmm. uh, in first grade I started Catholic school I didn't know anything about that so all of a sudden there's these nuns all these kids are praying I'm sitting there like what is going on Oh my God, what am, am I supposed to do what they're doing? So I'm doing what they're doing. I don't know the words. I'm just saying whatever I think I'm supposed to be saying. And I'm sitting there. And then we learn about God and everything. And they're like, yeah, it's this man in the sky and he he sees everything. And And I'm just at home in bed that evening thinking, I don't get it. How is this one man? Does he have like a hundred eyes? I how How is he seeing all of this stuff? So if I now do something, he's going to see it, but he's also going to see this other person on the other side. It just didn't make sense at that age. Why is it this or this one being? I just didn't get it. 
like the way that they were teaching us anyway I didn't understand it and then also if you do something wrong and I kept thinking but I'm still learning everything I'm only seven so I'm gonna be punished for something that I didn't even know yet like what the hell (laughs) yeah even at 57 you're still learning so like it's not like you just turn a magical 18 and now you know everything um I was thinking about this the other day and this might sound like totally blasphemous but the story that they tell of God reminds me of Santa Claus like you're gonna get Mm -hmm. coal for Christmas like (laughs) I I had that thought the other day and I just burst it out into laughter and I was like oh my god what a horrible way to compare God to this theology to Santa Claus (laughs) yeah but that's the thing it's I feel a lot of people, they don't like to be in control of their own life. So when they yeah. know that, oh, there is something, I have to behave for this external uh, sur- source of approval. And not yeah. not because you want to be better or because you feel happy when you are bettering yourself. No, yeah. most people, unfortunately, they want to behave because there's something outside of them that might punish them it's a very juvenile mindset really but there are and that's without judgment that I'm saying that because we're all children of mother father god and we are all loved equally but it's just where they are in their developmental process as a spirit and they need that still they need that thought pattern to go through their days and then there's going to be a point where they're going to see wait this is not making me happy I am not becoming the best version of myself and then you have people and they they break through this this belief system and they suddenly see oh my god I can manifest my own life and God is actually wanting me to do this yeah yeah I totally agree and I feel like once we um master like a form of self-mastery which doesn't mean that you have to be perfect but that you can you know become a really good observer of yourself your patterns your beliefs your thoughts your emotions that you realize you know there's a personal power there available to you and um you know we're like dancing between all these realms between individual reality uh collective reality and like god reality which i include god reality would mean you know sun stars planets because it's it's you know universe wide or galaxy wide um however big it is out there Um, And so we're like living between those three realms and learning how we can really navigate and alchemicalize our lives and ourselves to um, master and create what it is that we seek, but also, you know, become like really peaceful with some of the scenarios and situations that have to come into our life to catalyze us. Because sometimes I feel like there are things, I almost see them as like little knots, if you will, like in the thread Mm -hmm. of life that are like, um, you know, uh, points in our life where something has to happen. So you meet your lover or you get into the car accident or um, you have a child and those were predestined as part of your soul contract for you to catalyze into the next, you know, self-mastery. And so I think it can be uh, like a complex and simple uh, self-development, how do I say, like uh, 
basically like a belief that you both have free will and you have predestined experiences Mm -hmm. and they work together to manifest the whole of your life. Yeah. But But that is exactly how I, how I see the Akashic records as well. And specifically like this lifetime and your plan that you came in here with, because people they'll ask me, they're confused, like, but how does this work when I have free will, but I also made these choices in advance. I said, it all works together. It's like a GPS. And then you take a wrong turn and it says rerouting or recalculating (laughs) constantly. But this is something people understand. People get, they are like, oh, so when I make a wrong turn, it starts to recalculate to bring me back to my destination. And imagine all of these catalyst points, they're like destinations. So it's always going to bring you there but it's going to depend on your free choices, how quick or effortlessly you're going to get to those destinations right. in your, in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of and how I, I see that. Yeah. I I'm really under the belief system. Like I operate on a core level that all things are working out for good. And um, you know, with that in mind, that means that even the hard times uh, and the challenging times, the difficult times are still always working for the benefit of my life and the benefit of my soul. Um, and I just, I just feel like there's uh, such a nihilist attitude um, in this like egregore that we've created around a church-based God, um, you know, that like you're you're worthy of punishment or you're worthy of having wrongdoings done to you um, rather than actually being rooted in the true mysticism that you're you're worthy of pure love and pure love comes with complexity pure love comes with polarity pure love comes with um, refinement Uh, and it just it's just one of those things that like really get under my skin (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. And that's definitely something I feel that people, yeah, they're going to go through what they're going to go through because it's part of their soul plan. Yeah, And we, people like you and I, we're going to see these things for what they are. And yeah. we're going to be like, how can you not see this? How can you not see this? But then at the same time, we have the compassion to also understand that they can't see it yeah but it's still frustrating because we are still human and that's the thing yeah. as well with this whole spiritual awakening stuff that we like that everybody's going through if you're listening to this year on a spiritual journey so <laughs> there's going to be two, two types of people and there's going to be the people that are like oh we have to choose love and light and we have to always be good in a good mood and always happy but then, and, and oh yeah, the ego is evil, but then there's people that realize, okay, yes, I am choosing to align with the best outcome. I'm choosing to align with the best um, like things for me to do, the best choices to make in life. I'm still going to have emotions. I'm here in a human body experiencing hormones. You're ex- yeah. If you're a woman, you have a cycle. And that's something that also is just not talked about. I'm on a little tangent, but I'm getting, I promise I'm getting somewhere. (laughs) So when you are a woman and you are on a spiritual journey, what I have found is you will get way more in tune with your body and also with your cycle. 
So yeah. that not enough people talk about, okay, where are you in your monthly cycle? And you are going to feel it way more. And then around ovulation, for me anyway, I will feel way more creative. I will feel way more inspired. And then like a few days before my period, I will feel tired. Like, don't ask me to go exercise. You can forget about it. I'm going to sit here and just eat. And and that's it. But then we will judge ourselves like, oh, I'm not doing good. I'm not spiritual enough. And but what? where are you physically? And it's the same thing like with other people. That's where I was getting to. Like you look at other people that are not where you are on this spiritual development journey and you will judge them. And it's because you're also judging yourself. And the moment that you're able to stop judging yourself on this journey, and basically you can view yourself as the human being experiencing everything, all emotions. And you can also see like the option that is most in alignment for you to choose. Then you will also be able to stop judging these other people that are just not seeing these options that you have the privilege of seeing yeah. that you, you can see them, but not everybody sees them. And that is really difficult, I think, because we we like to judge. We like to talk about other people. It's just a human <laughs> thing. It's just something that humans like to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that we've been trained otherwise. You know, we've lost a lot of the indigenous practices of honoring each other, um, especially, you know, with the destruction of our elders and our clans and our tribes um, all around the world. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this a lot and just how like the process of colonization has completely stripped people of personal self-mastery because, you know, it's a lot different to live in a, a clan or a tribe um, that is moving continuously, that is living as one giant egregore um, or one small egregore even, um, and, you know, navigating interpersonal relationships in a loving way. Um, once, you know, we started to uh, capitalize and colonize, and I'm always looking at the Roman Empire like, this is your fault. But <laughs> I'm thinking specifically about them because, you know, it, it happened with the Celtics, it happened with the Germanic tribes, it happened, um, you know, here in the Americas, um, and it, it, it really destroyed the interpersonal relationship and created this, like, larger civilization that was extended into, like, all times and spaces instead of having your elder and your clan leader write down, you know, right down the path, um, just 500 feet away from you could go in. We don't have the opportunity to go see our um, leaders anymore unless we, unless they're like traveling around, right? So it's just interesting because we're now very much displaced between the leadership role of, you know, our, um, our people and then also like the medicine people as well. So we are just like taking things at um, this really large way. Am I making sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm still okay. following. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um. uh, you know, 
we're like taking things just as like a point blank value rather than actually having like an elder um, or a wise council member to sit down with us and guide us through this. You know, that's kind of how clan relations worked. If things were going wrong, Mm -hmm. you could, uh, depending on what type of clan or tribe you were from, you could either fight it out, um, you could talk it out, or you could have a mediator, right? But we don't have that anymore. And we're so deeply wounded by the loss of our homes, I believe. Um, And I mean this very, you know, very generationally, like when our homes get destroyed and our people are, you know, ravaged, which happened everywhere, um, we just hurt and we ache and we feel that core separation wound or that core abandonment wound. Um, And I just think like we don't have anyone to show us really how to make peace anymore and how to Mm -hmm. live in peace either. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah. And that you can even see that reflected in in the spiritual community, mm-hmm. this wanting to this longing for a foundation. Yeah. That is lacking and then they find something. Sometimes people they'll find something that feels really good like, "Oh wow, I found ayahuasca. I'm going mm-hmm. to identify as uh, working somebody that is working with ayahuasca and then their whole identity becomes that and then you find somebody and they're all into um, I don't know Reiki and and like their whole life becomes about that and they talk about it all the time and I'm not talking about you (laughs) I'm talking about like people you'll see that they are holding on to that it's like a security blanket and oh yeah. i belong somewhere and mm-hmm. but then you'll you'll like stuff will happen and you'll go through these identity crises and you'll see that oh wow this is just a fragment of who i am it's not who i am completely and you'll see that they have to completely reinvent themselves every once mm-hmm. in a while and i think when you belong to a tight-knit community and you still see this more here in spain where we live like they have their local, very local traditions that they don't have in other towns in the country. Yeah. And they are still very connected. The families are very connected here. And they, yeah, they have an identity and they are all very laid back. Like if anything happens to them in life, they feel, you see that there's not a lot of anxiety that they can basically handle it. Like you can throw it at them and they can take it because they have this whole village, literally a whole village that helps them with everything. Yeah. That's nice. I love that. I think that's like something that's really necessary and like something that like my partner and I have been seeking um, kind of just in a community type way. My partner and I have lived in several different forms of community and um it's just interesting to be a part of it and you know crave that I think it's just so natural for us to crave it um it's just also interesting how like you know how we create these threads and and how we hold these threads together sounds really nice the land that we live on is a little it it has like a lot of energy around rushing there's a lot of like uh, frantic energy that lives on this land that we're on now. And we're like constantly <laughs> doing um, 
you know, healing on this land to be like, whoa, it's okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay, yeah. land. Uh, it's just so very interesting. But this land has passed through a lot of people's hands and has seen, I think, a lot of crazy things. Um, so I totally get, like, why it aches or, you know, why it feels the way it feels. Just so very interesting to yeah. be, um, like you have traveled around the world basically and lived in so many different places i find it so fascinating to be able to go to different places and and feel the energy of the land and be like okay do i belong here do i belong there where are we going yeah but that is true and every place that i've visited or lived at feels different like mm -hmm. when I, before i realized what was going on years ago I would just say like, oh, this feels different. There's a different energy to each country. And I just assumed everybody could feel it, but yeah, I I but I don't think everybody can feel it. <laughs> but but yeah, because to me it always seemed normal. Like, oh I, okay, I'm in Portugal. It feels Portuguese here. Okay, I'm in <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> That's it just seems normal. But now that I've started seeing the Akashic Records ever since 2017, I started seeing these past lives uh, for myself and, and also other people's past lives. And now when I go to these different countries, I'm given a bunch of information about the land, about the wars that took place, about the people, the collective of, of the people. And also what my part was in those places, like here in Spain, there is very heavy inquisition energy and yeah. witch, witch uh, trial energy. And we were meant to come here, we were told, to really help clear the land of this witch trial energy and to, to transmute it. And last year we ended up in, uh, at a farm and we saw that a whole lot of the people that were frequently visiting the farm, because it was like a whole community, really. And um, a lot of these people were a part of very conservative Spanish, um, yeah, people in government and stuff that were part of the Inquisition. And we were there very open about what we did. We had our cards just out on the, the table, like in the living room where everybody was sitting. And then what we were able to do was heal this energy of kind of resistance. They are still very conservative here and Catholic. So we were there just pulling cards, talking about angels. And you could see in the beginning, they it was like a flashback, like we were in the Middle Ages and they were afraid to talk to us. Like, if I'm going to talk to you, will I, will I go to hell or something? And I'm yeah. like, what? I'm just... What? What are you saying? Like, I'm nice. <laughs> and then, yeah, after a few months, they had fully embraced us. They had, like, we were one of them, and we were pulling cards for them, and they would come up to us, hey, can you pull some cards for me? <laughs> yeah. And then we felt, like, both of us felt, okay, it's time to move on from this farm, because this was what we were supposed to do here. Yeah. So... I feel like a lot of people are going through that stuff that they will go, they will be called to certain places, like different countries, different places within the country that they're living at, just because they have stuff to do over there with the land or with the energy that is present yeah. in that area. Yeah, it's so funny because it's like 
you know, I never meant to stay in California or I never meant to be here as long as we've been here. And it's like, this place just keeps trying to keep me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. Um, it's just so fascinating to be in that scenario where it's like, I don't know if I belong here, but like, I keep feeling like I'm supposed to be here. And it's like, every time I I'm like, all right, we're going to leave. It's like, nope, you're going to stay. <laughs> So uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot of work being done here. Um, And I trust in the divine timing. I moved friggin' A. I, you know, I'm from Arizona and I moved to Maine twice. Um, Crazy. Like when I say it out loud, I moved back and forth from Maine twice. I drove twice across the country (laughs) to move to this place. And I actually discovered there that um, I was killed and I had to go get my fragment back and I also met the man that killed me in that lifetime and it was a really crazy place for me to just collect myself and um it's just so fascinating to be there and like meet all these like um past life people and uh I would have like spontaneous awakenings the only this is going to sound really funny but the only place that felt safe for me in Maine was the the cemeteries and so I would spend at least an hour to two every day meditating and laying in the cemetery and in these cemeteries I would have spontaneous visions of um, I don't know if it was my life or the life of like the people like this might sound really creepy but I have to tell it anyway. There was um, like an unmarked grave that existed in one of these cemeteries. And I heard this voice say, please come lay on me. And when I laid there, I was literally taken through this grave all the way into the underworld, all the way through the middle world of the earth. And I was shown this magnificent vision where time didn't exist. And I was like part of you know, like 1800s Maine, basically. Um, And I was just given this whole scene. Uh, And when I came out of it, I felt a deep grief. And I never really knew if like that was who I was, or if this woman was like a part of my life. Um, Because like when I, you know, had my spontaneous soul retrieval there, I was dead. So in the, in the soul retrieval, I only saw my face once in a mirror. And then after that, I was a ghost. And so every time I passed by a mirror, there was no me. I'm only looking this way because there's a mirror that way. Um, (laughs) And it was probably the creepiest and craziest thing I ever saw. I saw my death. I saw how the people handled me. I saw, you know, how I got stuck there. And then I went and I retrieved myself and, uh, yeah, so like now I have to resist the urge sometimes to to go back to Maine because I'm like, no, I was a disembodied ghost there. <laughs> I cannot go back and keep like reliving these pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's probably you. You probably like finished all of that. You were meant to see that again, and then it was like, okay, but it, it's all good now because you're safe. Yeah. You're here. Yeah, and this time. Yeah. It's actually so quite that, that crazy. Part of you. Yeah. The the day before I left Maine officially, like had my car packed up and everything, the guy that I was like sort of in a relationship with, um, 
but you know ending looked at me and he said I think I murdered you the last time we lived together on totally unprompted and I was like <laughs> it was you fucker <laughs> that's why I have to leave and then the next day I moved and I never I never returned so it was like a complete full circle moment that's actually when I met RJ so <laughs> it was yeah. like okay you know coming all the way together completing the cycle but it's interesting because like what I really felt from Maine was the pain that existed there um, because of course Maine you know was a big uh, colony that got logged for war here in the US. And we don't often talk about the dark history of Maine. A lot of people I don't think know it. Plus it's an extremely harsh environment to live in, especially, you know, for settlers that came over. Um, the natives of course knew how to move around this country, but um, there's definitely a lot of like darkness there uh, in its own way, but also a lot of light. And it's just, it was very fascinating to be there because I felt like everything all at once. It was like a convergence point for me of like yeah. being blasted open, being shut down, like seeing spontaneous awakenings, like going through my own soul retrievals. That's where I like integrated all of my Reiki initiations um, that's where I like met my shadows. That's where, you know, I just did everything basically. Not that that could, was done after I left, but, but um, it started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it had a lot of work to do because I was all alone. I had no family. I had friends, but um, I had no one that I could like run away to. If that makes sense. It was like just mm -hmm. me. I had to face just me. I had to pull my strength in. I had to decide what I believed. I had to really go into my heart and determine like, what is my foundation? Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what, what Arizona was like for me. Because yeah. I came from, well, I was like, how old was I when I met my ex? 22 or 21. I was 21 and I'm 36 now. I'm going to be 37 next month. Oh, my God. Anyway, I was 21. So, wow, that's so long ago. And then I met him. And then I moved after a few years of long distance, like traveling. I said, okay, I'm going to move to Arizona because I speak English. He speaks no Dutch. So that's not going to yeah. work for long term. Like I'm moving over there. And, but of course that didn't, that didn't last. And I ended up living in a trailer in the middle of the desert with my three-year-old, but the marriage is really abusive. And I had, I was just like, thinking that I was just losing my mind I said okay I'm either gonna kill myself or some miracle has to happen it's one or the other there's no in between God there's no in between so I'm sitting there in my trailer talking to God telling him her like no something's gonna happen because I'm gonna sabotage this whole thing and I'm gonna kill myself okay so I'm just sitting there saying all this stuff Mm -hmm. And slowly I started having, well, not really slowly, because I had this whole awakening and, and everything came back online because I had all these psychic abilities as a child. Then I turned them off, which was necessary. It's one of those catalyst points that in your life, because otherwise I would have never made the bad decision, bad quote unquote, to get with my ex-husband and have that yeah. whole experience of abuse that now causes me to help other people that yeah. are going through stuff 
So I had to turn off these intuitive abilities because my intuition looking back at it now was screaming, this man is a big red flag. Do not marry this guy. He is going to be horrible to you. I ignored it, of course, got married, had a child. So I ended up in Arizona and I went through everything on my own because my family was in Belgium and it was the desert. So it's like, okay, I had no driver's license. I was all alone in this gigantic fifth wheel trailer that was stationary in the desert. And I'm sitting there with my kid. And um, and I started having all these past life memories because he would come by to, to visit my daughter, of course. Uh, and he would pick her up uh, on Saturdays. And then one time he was standing there staring at me and talking. And all of a sudden, all these timelines are collapsing. And I'm seeing us in this this Scottish lifetime in what I was told 356 the year 350 that number just like floops came through super easy and and all these details so all this stuff came through and but then what also happened is that I started feeling the land like the desert because I would sit there and it would just be silent and I had like a little staircase outside of my trailer I'd sit there in the dark just looking up at the stars and I would just kind of really feel nature. And I suddenly had this whole experience where I saw myself as a Native American bird, like medicine man or something with like a costume of hawk feathers. And I'm dancing in the desert and I'm seeing this hawk that I'm communicating with in the sky. And then I was told this was you at this very same spot in 1700 and something. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And then I just like now met the person because I'm meeting all of these people that I was connected to in past lives. I met the guy that was actually incarnated as the hawk. Because mm. this guy <laughs> I hope has been... Hawk. No, it's I'm not going <laughs> to say his name because he, <laughs> he wants to like be anonymous. But that would be... I'm going to call him that from now on because that is... That's hilarious. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's, but that's the thing. I have all these puzzle pieces. And that's something I found out in 2017 about this lifetime and um, about this hawk, about communicating with the hawks. And then we met, we, we met this guy. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing, okay, you had a bunch of lifetimes as a non-human. He's had a bunch of lifetimes as different animals, different elemental beings. And I'm seeing in his Akashic records how he is this hawk and he's communicating. Like I'm seeing from his point of view how he's talking to all these native people. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like looking down at myself, going back to my own experience, looking up at the hawk. I'm like, no we were together okay and they're like all this stuff it's just all happening and and then you think you're losing your mind but so many people are now going through these experiences of remembering and these timeline collapses in various places all over the world when they're traveling and they go somewhere and something gets activated in a specific yeah. area of the world and then they think wow am i making this stuff up am i crazy yeah. No, you are remembering on a multidimensional level. And it's just, it's exciting and crazy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 
I agree. It's so funny. I feel like our timelines are so similar because it was 2017. It was like 2016, 2017 when I had my like real blasting open of my gifts. Um, but I, <laughs> I just like find it so hilarious when we get into these talks and we realize like everything's happening at the same time for us. Um, but I think that this is a wonderful segue into just like what, you know, what happens when we're, um, unprotected in this work, because something that I know you and I have been like really diving deep into is basically spiritual warfare, energetic warfare that exists very prominently on our planet right now. Um, and I know that, you know, that awakening really happened with your ex-husband, um, and I'm just like a demon slayer. So it's kind of what I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I've just been, I've seen way too much in my life in a way. <laughs> I don't know why or how it happened. But ever since I was a child, I've been banishing things from homes and spaces and all this crazy stuff. And I think like, um, I mean, I surround myself with other people who like do this stuff, but uh, I feel like you have a really wonderful sense of just like the truth of all of this stuff. So, oh, <sighs> yeah. So I don't even know where to begin. I'm like, I should come up with a question here, but I don't have one. <laughs> I'm. I know something. I know something that that we can we can say that not a lot of people know. This is something most people will have heard of the Rosicrucians. And this yeah. was, um, yeah, what were they? Like a mystical order. And they, mm -hmm. I think they existed somewhere from the 1500s till the 1700s somewhere. And they really built upon the foundations of the Gnostic teachings. Yeah. And what they talk about is Luciferian inflation. And basically yeah. what that means, because we see satan or the devil as one being but it's actually two yeah. different beings and they speak of two beings one being lucifer and one being aruman i think they call him and that is basically all that is material all that is physical when you overindulge in the material world but then there is lucifer and lucifer is also not bad in the sense that this is what happens when you have a spiritual awakening and you blast wide open all the light because Lucifer is the light bringer, basically. Yeah. So all this light, and you are just like, whoa, all of this light, you are inhaling all of this light. Look at all of this. This exists. Angels, star beings. Oh my God, I feel so good. All of this stuff. like, And you are just absorbing all of this. But then you start to get ungrounded, basically. Yeah. But that is what the light, like this Luciferian energy is like, oh, yeah, you, you have to do this. You are amazing. You are you're a light being. And it starts to talk to you. Um, it starts to tell you these things that you also want to hear. Oh, you're so you're so amazing. You should be channeling. You should be talking to people, this, this and that. And that is all good. But then you have to bring that back into balance and always yeah. tune in to mother, father, God. And and that's the thing. You can be psychic. And you can be in alignment, you can be both, or you can be one of, of those two. And it's not because you're psychic that you're automatically in alignment. And a lot of people, they have a spiritual awakening, and um, which is really good, because I am very happy that this is a topic 
that more and more people are talking about. It is not strange anymore to speak about spiritual development, but we have to be very careful um, to not make it a commercial product because that is also why I believe that you will see some content creators that are online and that can just say their thing that will never be taken down by the establishment um, because they are they are kind of making it a trendy topic to talk about. And then there yeah. will be other content creators that are warning people about, um, well, not really warning, but that are speaking from a place of true connection to source energy and that are saying, you have to pay attention to this pay attention to these energies, pay attention to all of this stuff, and then they'll get taken down. And then yeah. it's like, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, when it's kind of interesting. When you are doing this work, yeah. Because I'm uh, just rambling, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm thinking specifically, like, there almost becomes this hungry ghost where you're like, I have to be powerful, I have to be strong, I have to be this and that. And so you start working with teachers who are not actually connected to God and are giving a half truth of what it is. Um, I can't tell you how many Reiki students I have that come to me and they're like, wait, I didn't know any of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, of course, because you know, the current paradigm around Reiki is you get attuned in a weekend workshop and then you're sent on your own and you never meet with your master again. And that's not, that's not appropriate at, by any means, because one, you're pushed into an initiation that blasts you open without any sort of support. Um, and then two, you also literally cannot learn Reiki in a weekend. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. um, you can remember, sure, and you can develop your remembrance over time. But um, I have found that it works best if you're under the, the support of a master um, or a teacher or a mentor, whatever word suits you um, for some time. And this is... This is something that I see very often is like these people get blasted open and then they have no real discernment with who they're connected to. They start doing um, they start doing energy work that depletes them, that destroys their sense of self, um, that takes away from them. And they, you know, they begin to like dabble in frequencies that are less than divine. Because there's, you know, a lot of trickster energies out there. And it it almost seems to come from this desire of like wanting to just like do it rather than um, actually live the experience of it. And uh, there's, it's so funny because, um, and I, I think I'm using the word funny as ironic, uh, <laughs> as like spiritualists and you know god-led people there's not a lot of people out there actually talking about the way that spirit works in our realm and that the fact that there's like literally hundreds of spirits around us from all different dimensions and states of being yeah. um and so when you're like opening your channel and you're channeling this stuff like if you're not actually connected to god then it's very easy for just a little like hungry ghost to slip in and yeah. i i've had i've i've really had to like talk to people about um you know altar tools 
uh, especially statues, because if you're not consecrating your statue, like, you know, I have a, I have a Sekhmet statue, right? I'm a devotee of Sekhmet. Um, that has been consecrated. But if it's not consecrated, then a hungry, wandering ghost can come in and you're feeding this ghost and you're making this ghost like more and more powerful with your prayers and your um, intentions yeah. and your time and energy. Uh, and I've had so many people be like, wait, well, how do you consecrate? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and that they're simply not aware of that, even yeah. that that's necessary or that that that's how it works. They're like, oh, this is just a statue. I'm going yeah. to do this or that. There's like so many invisible energies constantly influencing everything around you. Yeah. It's like this lady that I knew, she bought some like used furniture from Goodwill. And she said, there's something like she sent me a picture because I did a reading for her. And she said, I think this chair is possessed. She said, I'm not kidding you. This chair is doing shit. It's possessed. And she sent me a picture and I could like immediately feel this weird energy from the previous owner. And it was like not somebody that died but there was all kind of creepy stuff that went on in that house abusive behavior all kinds of toxic behavior she said well the thing is there's energy already attached to this chair you need to completely cleanse this chair energetically and then claim it with your pure energy as your chair because now this chair is it's already living this whole life of its own basically yeah and people will will look at me like, oh, you are a crazy lady that doesn't exist. Well, it exists because this lady kept waking up from this chair that was acting crazy in the middle of the night. So, yeah. It's so it crazy <laughs> because it, it does exist. And I also love thrifting as an energy sensitive, but I can touch a, an article of clothing and be like, oh, no. RJ and I went thrifting one time in, when we lived in uh, Monterey. And there's, um, I don't know if you know anything about Monterey, but there's a part of Monterey called Pebble Beach, which is like, you know, the rich area. Um, all of Monterey is like the rich area, but this is like the elite rich area. And it's, yeah. you know, guarded by, uh, it has, you know, like a fence. and It's a whole thing. It's a gated community. Mm -hmm. And we went there, there was like a moving sale happening. And um, I touched this woman's clothes and I felt her deep grief. And it just like, mm -hmm. oh my God. I had to, I literally had to like just channel into this clothes, like all the love that I had for her because I could feel just like the deep sadness that exists there. And um, we do have to be extremely discerning when we buy like thrifted items and stuff like that, because ghosts definitely come with certain items, especially yeah. if someone's died in that house. Like if someone has died in that house, there's a very good chance that they're attached to certain things in that house. So they come with it. Um, and then all of a sudden you have like this, this entity that's like, wait, this is not my home. What am I doing here? And they're like pissed yeah. off or they have their own yeah. emotions around it. But, you know, the, the thing that I see a lot right now that I'm kind of jumping here is this suppression of spiritual technology on people that are awakening. So something I'm seeing right now is these like uh, ETs really jumping in to bodies and people that um, that are around people that have a big light um, 
and really just trying to stop them from advancing in their spiritual work, their spiritual walk. And they, you know, do this through basically energy harvesting um, or uh, how do I say, like, they poke at them. Does that make sense? Like they like get them to get irritated or agitated or to step Mm -hmm. out of their center. And they kind of sabotage them. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. And I think that like, you know, we don't think about this stuff very often, but I see it very, very often. I work with a lot of women um, on womb work and the womb specifically is a, a big container for this type of energy to come in and be held because it's, you know, within the womb where uh, a lot of this creation comes from. Um, and so like, I'm just seeing, you know, out in this world, there's a lot of people that are kind of like under attack, if you will, by these like entities that don't want them Mm -hmm. to advance. And I've seen it specifically in social media. It's really crazy. I've seen like these entities hop into social media profiles and then those profiles go and like attack people. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, because I've experienced the same thing and we've talked about it before you and I, but or you will see, yeah, that people will suddenly start writing real crazy stuff, real crazy comments, and that you can tell. And then I'll ask my higher self, because I started noticing this pattern. I said, is this person hijacked? Like, was this a hijacked comment? Yes, immediately. Yes or no yeah. or yes. Or no, it's their own belief system. It's their own insecurity. No, this person was basically not speaking it was an attachment speaking through them and stuff like that and and that's kind of I see this a lot with with like star seeds if we have to use the label because I I love the star family I I love them but but yeah then people will have this label oh I am a star seed I am so I am from the 48th dimension of I don't know where and uh, I'm so spiritual and they use all the filters with the, the, the stars and the rainbows. They have these really galactic looking filters and stuff, which is okay if that's your thing. And then if you are bringing a valuable message that is in alignment, then that, then then that's awesome. But sometimes they'll use all this stuff and they will be very, oh yeah, this is what's coming through. And, and it's just like very surface level very surface level when these extraterrestrials that are truly in alignment, they can give us very detailed information, channeled detailed information about the construct of the universe, how timeline works, timelines work, how, how all this stuff actually works. And, Mm -hmm. and then you see people, I, I know some people that have like 200 followers that are sharing content that should be out there having thousands of views and they're just not getting the views. And then you have these people that I feel are being kind of controlled by negatively polarized energies. Let's call them that. Mm-hmm. And they get a ton of views. They get yeah. a ton of, and then I know that's not what you were talking about, but that was something that also popped in, in my mind. But yeah, then the people that are just writing these crazy comments, like really attacking other people. And I see it a lot with people that are finally like 
coming overcoming this fear of speaking about their journey and then they get attacked yeah and then they get these these comments and um and it happened to me in the beginning and then because i was working with two clients at the time with their throat chakra with really speaking about their experiences and i knew that they were what they were trying to share was in alignment and i was encouraging them like you have to share this this is good information and then i knew that they were watching my profile and i had the comments and i left those comments on there i didn't remove them and i just wrote a real calm response and this other person started just losing their mind because i stayed really calm and in each comment that they wrote, their comment kept getting longer and longer and longer as mine were always yeah. shorter and shorter. And theirs were just like this whole essay because they were freaking out. And my friend, well, mentorship client, now friend at the time, she's like, wow, um, how are you feeling? And, and, and oh, my God, if that happened to me, I said, that's exactly why I left that there so that you see that this is your space, your social media account, even though it's online is your temple, is your coven, whatever you want to call it. You make the rules. Yeah. So, yeah, and that it's important for people like you and I to really talk about this stuff because yeah. I, I think a lot of people will get discouraged and they will stop posting, even though that they might have really valuable mes messages and they're not going to share them anymore because they get attacked. Yeah. And it's interesting because like while all while you're saying all this, I'm thinking a lot about how like this turning away from the church has caused us to be vulnerable um, in this realm of spirit. Like there's a there's this desire to not want to use the word God and instead to use the word universe, um, which I am increasingly more annoyed about for some reason. <laughs> um, or mm -hmm. even sometimes like spirit I don't know why I use that word all the time but when I hear someone else say it I'm like oh god is that what I sound like <laughs> and again no, no, no judgment at all but um because it's it's a reflection of me like I'm that's 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 like when I hear it and I'm annoyed I'm like oh my god am I like is this how I feel yeah. about myself anyway the point of what I'm sharing is that like I feel like this turning away from religion uh, rightfully so in its you know construct has caused people to have an inability to really um, discern and connect with the protective forces of divine nature and so you know then we like like you've talked about we have these like trendy um we have these like trendy topics of spirituality and starseed and this and that and we have people like posting you know about how like um you know they're getting abducted in the middle of the night and you know they're like oh it was totally fun and normal and it's like Bleh. you like I read that and I'm like oh my god like were you abducted like totally fun and normal consent yeah. Like, were you like, were you like, take me up to the mothership? Or where did they come? And they're like, we're taking you now. Because that's a, there's a total difference, right? Anyway, yeah. um, as you're saying all this stuff, like, I really feel like, uh, like the root of the, of the issue in a, in a sense is that people have turned so far away from actually connecting to God and connecting to like their divine presence within and, you know, as a whole that they are now open and subject to uh, 
just like basically being hijacked and I'm not even talking like how do I say um it's almost as if like like we see this because we do this work very often and we're doing like cleansing work and protection work we see this come through these different channels but not into us right so like I experience a lot of these types of things like coming towards me and then me like you know removing them and I, I work with a lot of clients on um removing uh the entities and attachments that are connected to them so like they're constantly around me but not like in me um it sounds so crazy to say that out loud actually but I just I've done so much work with people that like I've you know I see them Mm -hmm. very frequently and uh I feel like just I don't know where I'm going with this I think I think the whole point is that I'm watching this like trend online yeah, yeah, I'm watching yeah. this trend online where these people are like claiming to be like channeling or um, calling on these divine frequencies. And in fact, they're actually like connected to tricksters and mm-hmm. um, energies that aren't real. And um, I think like in one way, I don't mean this by all of them either. There's I, I've seen a lot of these people have the biggest following. And I really feel like it's a sense of nefarious magic. That's why I wrote an article, the article I wrote on, you know, false prophets being illuminated because um, we're going to start to be seeing the fall of these people. Um, And that doesn't mean that anything bad is going to happen to them. This is all a part of their soul contract. Go ahead. People are going to see them for who they are. Yeah. 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 And I, I know specifically that there's like people coming out and talking about um, certain teachers that have, you know, attuned them to certain things. And, um, you know, people are starting to actually communicate and voice um, the harm that they've experienced from these teachers, uh, from these like uh, spiritual guides. And um, it's just so illuminating we're at a point of illumination i believe where we're starting to see the truth and we're starting like to know to discern very heavily as to um who's actually channeling what or who's actually stepping into what not that we always know Mm -hmm. specifically but our gut is starting to tell us like oh that don't feel right i'm not gonna listen to that or oh that does not sound like what i'm interested in i shouldn't listen to that but I feel like the the biggest problem is we constantly try to override that and be like, oh, no, let's try again. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> it causes us issues. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's also when you have these people that have like 12,000, 15,000 Instagram or YouTube followers, they're saying something. And then you feel in your gut like this feels off. And then you're like, yeah, but look, they have all these followers, so they must be doing something right. Then you're going outside of yourself, which is the programming that we've received, of course, ever since we were born. Oh, but they must be doing something right, because look at all these followers. Who am I to question? I haven't been like, I'm feeling this feeling, but I'm still going to go with what they're saying, because look at all their followers. And that's the thing that I'm trying to do with my free course that I made. That's why I made it for free, because I grew up um, 
with the privilege of having a psychic mother who taught me how to feel my spirit guide, how to feel my higher self at the age of barely 13. And she said, okay, this is what it feels like to feel your higher self. This is what automatic writing feels like when you are in alignment. It has to feel like this. You have to feel this connection. And she just made me practice so that I would recognize the feeling of being connected. And when you don't have that feeling and it feels different, then then no, then it's not happening. The same with channeling. Now, people think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to open up to all these things. I'm channeling. But then they don't they don't recognize the feeling of alignment and being safe yeah. in that experience. And so they're like, OK, I'm just receiving whatever. But how is it feeling? Are you feeling this connection to home, to yeah. mother, father, God that you have to feel first before you connect to anything else? And a lot of people in there look at me like, what are you talking about? I don't understand what you mean. I'm like, that is what, that's the feeling you need to have. It's like when you're going to go eat, you experience hunger, your stomach is going to signal, hey, I'm hungry. That's, that, everybody knows what that feels like. This should be natural. We should know what this feels like. And too many teachers are not starting with that as a foundation, which should be the foundation for every yeah. other gift that you develop. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's like you just get thrown into initiation and then you're left in there and you're like left to be fed on. That sounds so like mm -hmm. harsh, but it's true. It's like yeah. you, when your light expands, you become an attractor, you know, to all this stuff yeah. that's like available um, out into the cosmos. And it's just one of those things that like people, I don't think really people I also think that it's a taboo subject like people don't want to talk about uh demons or the devil or like negative entities that exist and it's not that we're like when I talk about this stuff it's not to try to induce fear but to tell people truly if you think God exists if you think that these arch archangelic beings exist if you think that you have divine ancestors of light and spirit guides then the opposite is also true. And they're just all a part of our creation story. They're all a part of, you know, having free will and having choice points. Um, and they're all a version of, you know, God experiencing itself. Not that I'd ever work with a demon, but obviously like it's, it's a part of everything. And for us mm -hmm. to deny and to pretend it doesn't exist is way more harmful than to just accept that there are things that can harm us um, in the spiritual world and to accept and know how to work with our goodness, our, you know, divinity um, and the divinity that we're connected to in order to combat those experiences and those entities because they exist. Like that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're we're like not like people don't want to talk about it or they you know they like slough it off as conspiracy or like yeah. you know no one would ever do wrong to us and da, 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 da. it's just like a half truth yeah and the thing is these things often span over lifetimes lifetimes and lifetimes that you have contracts with these energies 
Because yeah. I saw that when I started doing Akashic Records, I started seeing in my own experience, like my own life, I saw how I had a contract with my ex-husband and that it went back to past lives where he was controlled by a reptilian entity who was controlling him in another lifetime and in this lifetime, the same yeah. entity. And how that was influencing, well, trying to influence me. And because I was having this whole awakening and I saw Jesus one time, like on basically this entity that was my husband at the time. This is, I know this sounds crazy for people, but I had um, this whole experience where I had sleep paralysis and I had this big reptilian creature on top of me. This was after my ex and I had separated but his energy was still trying to get to me and was not happy with the fact that I said, I'm done with this. I'm done with this behavior. I want better for myself. And this being was on top of me and I was paralyzed. And I said, Jesus, and he was there right away. This golden energy and this being was gone. And that's when I realized there is something about this energy of Jesus and not necessarily the person Jesus Christ, but the energy that accompanies that name, the Christ consciousness energy. And when you connect to that energy, because that's the thing with a lot of like the new age stuff, a lot of people awaken and they don't want to talk about like, oh yeah, if it's not there, if you don't talk about it, it's not there. Or yeah, yeah. if there's bad stuff happening to you, it's because you manifested it. It doesn't, it's so much more complicated. There's soul contracts involved. There's different timelines involved. Um, I was going somewhere with this. I can't remember. <laughs> it's such a big topic to try to talk about. Very complicated. Yeah, it is just such a complicated topic. And these reptilians, they go way back even to, uh, to the Roman Empire, which was yeah. one basic massive reptilian army. They're just a massive reptilian army. And, and uh, then when you go to Atlantis, the Roman Empire is just the reincarnation of, of the Atlantean cabal. Yeah. Basically. And then you yeah. had Jesus, you had the Essenes, you had uh, a few mystery schools that were still carrying on the Christ consciousness frequency. And of course, the Roman Empire wanted to get to all of these people. Oh, yeah, I remember where I was. So all these people are awakening. People are spiritually awakening. And because they are so traumatized by the programming of the Roman church about around yeah. the word God and Jesus, they choose new age, fluffy, fun, new age things. And there's nothing wrong <laughs> with like There's fun stuff in the new. I love unicorns. I love oh, yeah. mermaids. I love all of those things. I, I am love star systems. Uh, yeah, I love all of this stuff. <laughs> I I I love angels. Obviously, I I love angels. Like I love all of the, the the good stuff. But there is also, like you said, the opposite. There is the negative stuff in energy, and that was meant to be there so that we could learn from contrasting experiences. And then you have people, of course, they they don't want to align with anything. Oh no, God, I don't want to. I'm I'm a new ager. I like starseed stuff. I like spirit animals because that's surface level. I can deal with that. I like angels because they're fun and nice. <laughs> Although there are angels that are really like gonna kick oh, your ass kick if your you ass. get deep. Yeah, they will like Michael is is going to 
like I don't know I've had experiences with Michael where he is kicking my ass and like oh, yeah. this, we are done with this you are going to see this stuff now you are going to cut cords with all of these people now like but then they don't align with the God frequency yeah and I'm not talking about God from the Bible I'm talking about your home your origin where you yeah. come from the creator that made you and if yeah. you are going to align with a light source but everything comes from God so even that that you are aligning with also ultimately comes from God but you are choosing a fragment of the light that has chosen a specific path so yeah. you're not necessarily aligning with the highest of, of high that you should be aligning with if you want to really know the truth about yeah, who you are high. and mm -hmm. about yeah that that's yeah and and i'm trying to raise more awareness of that on that and i know that you're doing <laughs> the same and and yeah people don't like to hear about it sometimes they don't they don't like to hear it <laughs> yeah i've had i've i've had people come into my, some of my containers and whenever i've used the word god they've been like oh that's a trigger word for me and um, on one hand, I'm compassionate and I, you know, suggest choosing a name for the God frequency that they choose. But on the second, on the opposite hand, I've had to say, like, you do have to face your God wounding because, mm -hmm. you know, this is only going to limit you in the long term um, if you do not choose to uh, align yourself with the God frequency. Um, and so I've definitely scared some people away with <laughs> that and also by being a Gnostic heretic to the Christians um yeah and also you know doing like my alchemy and my magic but um it's just so uh fascinating because you know some of this like new age stuff is just channeled material um from a deceptive source uh like I'm thinking specifically golden dawn stuff and um I don't know Crowley irritates me he's just like not right <laughs> but um you know if we go back to the like original essence and look at like these cultures and the indigenous then we realize that a lot of this new age package stuff actually has deep um, organic roots in our indigenous cultures you know mm -hmm. with star beings and uh, with angelic presences and, you know, within the God frequency and the uh, the pantheon that exists from God, you know, making its way down. I always think of like a pyramid. It's like, here's the yeah. creator, here's, here's mother, father, um, which is just one and the same, you know, here's the pantheon, here's the next level and, you know, go down. Yeah. But um, it's just so fascinating to me that, you know, we talk about some of this stuff in like, and I don't mean we as in you and I, but people talk about this new age stuff and forget the fact that we could go all the way back to our ancestors, to our original um, beings on this planet and realize there's actually a really deep origin that has been trying to call out to you from this space and that there, you know, like was this channeling that happened, you know, in the last like 200 years 
that I think is actually quite deceptive. It's it's a half magic. It's a half truth. And it's designed alchemically to give you a half truth so that you can't go the full mile with your um, divine potential, your divine power. Um, and actually, it's very deliberate. I actually think that, that being given a half truth was extremely deliberate on their part so that you could get a taste and then become hungry and never figure out how to get all the way here. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I see, I see it like there's people, popular people that are starting to embrace new age teachings like Jim Carrey, all these mm -hmm. people, they're starting to become spiritual. They have spiritual awakenings and then they'll like, tell some stuff in the media here and there to make it more acceptable because they also know that more people are just spiritual awakening. It's nothing they can stop. So yeah. they have to pretend like they're embracing it. They have to pretend yeah. like, Oh, we are in this world. We're all because then when they do say something that is not in alignment, the people will accept it because they've yeah. also said the other thing. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. Makes me think about that is Ariana why... Grande. <laughs> <laughs> what has she done has she done well, something weird she has made you know some really wonderful songs about like manifestation and you know spiritual like activation and then she also has like you know break up with your girlfriend and other songs that are like this like totally nefarious um concept and then her pattern of like breaking up partners and um what I would consider is like being a succubus, like, you know, having this man break up with his partner, being with him for a short amount of time, and then moving on to the next one. It's like, I've had to, like, deny my love for Ariana Grande's music, because her actions because are her. horrible. Yeah, <laughs> so I so only know her, yeah, I'm from so this Nickelodeon show. There, what's it called again? Um, Cat and Sam? I think mm -hmm. it's called like a Nickelodeon. Yeah. I know her from that show because Nora used to watch it, my daughter, but I never really listened to a lot of her music. Yeah, I think, I think she's that... like... Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm just too old. Maybe I'm just old. I don't it's know. okay. I have a, a niece that's 13. It's and okay. That's always loved. <laughs> always loved Ariana Grande. And I was like a little embarrassed at first. And then I enjoyed it. And then like I actually started watching her patterns and listening to like some of the things that she was saying in her music. And it's almost as if she's like two conflicting souls in one body. And yeah. you know, like watching her pattern and just seeing like I, I guess I guess anyone that's in the wood of Holly is part mm -hmm. of a magical scheme technically yeah. um, because of course the wood holly is a magical wood that has been magical for um, thousands of years on our planet so even the name that they've used indicates the magic that they're participating in and it's so under our nose like it's actually all right mm -hmm. here and they're showing us constantly and we're just like pretending that like it doesn't actually yeah. exist so it's like we have to um, choose the path like I can't like I can't listen to Ariana Grande because I know she's like she's like two conflicting parts of herself but she's always going to edge to the part that isn't divine because that's that's the magic that she's participating in um, yeah so it's it's just happening constantly and ah uh, it's like whoa. 
<laughs> mm -hmm. And that's where it's discernment really comes in. And realizing, and I know a lot of people, when I say stuff like that, when you say stuff like that, they're going to be like, oh, you think you're Alex Jones? What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like that we are under mass hypnosis. The moment yeah. you turn the TV on, you're under mass hypnosis. That does not mean that you have to be scared the moment you turn your TV on, but that you can analyze it. Once you can see these things, you cannot unsee them. Then you yeah. will watch the news and see this is hypnosis. What they're doing right there is hypnosis. What they are doing right there is programming. What they're doing right there is manipulation. Because yeah. then you will be aligning with different truths, with different, will, with your inner truth, really, because that's what they want you to do. Like, oh, give your power over to us. We know what to do. And yeah. it's the same with religion. Like, we will take care of you. You don't have to think about anything. Give your power over to us, but also give all your energy over to us. Yeah, give all your money, give all no. your energy, give all your attention, think that I'm your authority, yeah. think that I'm your leader. And then yeah. we can get into even the pharmaceutical, we could like this goes, this is connected to everything, you can go into the pharmaceutical and industry, edu like school, everything. Yeah, it's all part thing. of it. It's it, it's set up as a mass programming, which is why like when we're all when we're all alternative, that we get a bad rep like a bad reputation, you know, the, the mm -hmm. programmers basically have set it up so that um, anyone that defies them is considered dangerous or um, conspiracy theorist or uh, nonsensical, anti-science, um, anti-this, anti-that, anti-whatever. But really it's just that we don't accept the programming that they're pushing you know, which is to have fake medicine, to have fake education, mm -hmm. um, to have, uh, you know, fake media, like media that just hypnotizes you. It's like Target, it's like literally Target is the master hypnosis machine out of everything I feel like on this planet. Um, because they use the red and they use the target like you know the the yeah. and which is also doubles as a sun symbol which draws your consciousness all the way into it and that red just creates oh. <laughs> but i but i loved i loved going to target what are you talking about yeah exactly don't take that away from me don't take target away from me I mean, it's fine. I'm never going to go you... there, probably, because <laughs> I, I don't even live in the U.S. anymore. Right. I don't even live there anymore. But, yeah, I know. And it's like you go there, you buy stuff that you were never meant to buy, and then, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and, they and then it just... you in. And it's, I mean, like, if you know it, and you can feel it, and you can discern with it, it's fine. It's just important that we begin to build those sensitivities to notice, like, mm -hmm. you know, when are we in an NLP speech? Because NLP is a huge thing that they use in media, and news specifically, yeah. neurolinguic, neuro oh God. Um, linguistic, yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> programming, neuro-linguistic programming for anyone that doesn't know what NLP means. And this is what people use like in coaching even um, 
and uh, you know in hypnosis work because of course it's 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 talking to the brain the way that the brain can mm-hmm. uh, readily exceed uh, accept and receive um, and that's that's the programming that they use like in the news in the media in how they talk and that's why it's all scripted because <laughs> they need us to yeah. be able to receive it and be like oh I accept this oh I accept this <laughs> When it's yeah, really it's really it's crazy yeah the world that we live in and people will say oh but yeah that's not true you're exaggerating well have you looked at the news have you looked at the backgrounds that they often use they the colors that they use mm-hmm. in the news are often warm they often use orange colors in the background yellow reddish colors because those are associated with warm emotions with trust stuff like that they're not going to put like metallic blue in the background of a news bulletin when they're trying to win you over yeah you should like if you haven't paid attention to that try to pay attention to that that's what they do yeah it's crazy it's it's and it's so simple and it's just like i feel i feel like it's really you know important for people to begin to discern what they actually believe in their body and what they can feel in their body. Because if they, if they were actually in that, they would stop agreeing to certain things on the television. It's like, okay, Outlander, we love Outlander, right? But the horrible Mm -hmm. scene in the, uh, the last, the season finale of, you know, season one is like the most horrible thing to ever watch. And so I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes the whole time (laughs) and turned it down really low. So I didn't like accept that in my subconscious because it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Anyone that has watched Outlander knows and freaking A, they have like many of those scenes which are horrifying and I always close my eyes and turn it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are specific shows like there is this one show as well on Netflix, Versailles. It's about Versailles. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to watch it because I have a very vivid past life memory of of myself being there during all of that craziness that was going on, all of the decadency and all that stuff. And I know that my actual physical ancestors from this lifetime were there because mm-hmm. my family goes all the way back to over there. We have it like on paper in writing. So I'm like, I, I want to see what this is going to do when I watch this. And I could immediately feel this timeline collapse. I can feel it whenever I watch something like, yeah, this is stuff. This is like really good acting. And they made sure like the whole scenery, everything. And it was just very triggering. But then they were really bringing forward this image of Versailles being very decadent, being very um, like just, just really, they were promoting like this type of succubus behavior that you talk about they're promoting it like oh it's fun to have sex with everybody and nothing bad will happen like your energy is fine you're you're okay and after a few episodes I felt this energy like okay I have to stop watching this show because this literally feels like gross energy and I'm not talking about sex is gross sex is amazing but like the energy that they were connecting to sexuality in that show, I was like, yeah, no, this is not what I want to program myself with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I decided I'm going to watch something else. And then I found another show 
and I can't remember, but it was all good and I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, that's really important. It's like I ever since my awakening, I can't watch any type of horror at all because um, I'm just way too sensitive to it. And I also don't want to, like, accept that as normal in part of my subconscious. Um, yeah. I already do demon slaying work. So, like, that's it. That's all I can handle. I don't need any more of that on the television because it's like. You know, a lot of like these these movies that they're creating are just telling you the truth. They're like telling you the essence of what actually exists. And um, a lot of people are so like uh, mundane minded that they have a hard time believing that they're telling you the truth. Um, yeah. They have a hard time believing that they could portray something like that as true. But it it, it to, I mean, it all is to to me, like from what I've seen, like from where I've journeyed in my soul, um, it's all been true. And, and, you know, some people might think like, well, that seems a little extreme. And I would maybe like to jump through some rocks someday, but. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the thing. When you respond to when people have certain res emotional responses when they're watching these movies, that is actually their soul often saying, hey, this does not feel good. But then yeah. I also feel like when you're watching these things, these energies that are outside of you that are resonating with the energies that are coming towards you that you are then just opening yourself up to, they can connect to that energy and then it forms like you are a portal. You're yeah. a portal literally at that moment for these mm -hmm. energies. Yeah, And that sure. sounds like, oh my God, should I be scared to watch a movie? Well, no, don't be scared, but just use common sense. What yeah. do you want to align yourself with? What is the yeah. energy that you want to be in, that you want to live in? Yeah. Which is like, if you're, you know, watching horror movies 24 seven, and then you wonder like why you have stress dreams and you hate your life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> simple. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hate to laugh about it, but I, I sometimes say that to people and they're like, really? That's it? And I'm like, yeah, try it. Just try like a 30 day detox and like, you know, listen to sacred chants. Um, watch mm -hmm. uplifting movies, watch, you know, watch things that stir you into your heart, like in a good way, um, surround yourself with beauty, and then their lives change. And it, it can be that simple in this work. Yeah. But like, we're so accustomed, you know, to watching like whatever, or like not having any sort of discernment, um, that it can be so easy for us to forget. Mm -hmm. So and that's why you can do the opposite and program yourself with a bunch of high frequencies. Yeah. And it's like you don't, okay, it is good to put in the work and everything, but you can do this when you're riding your bike, like for all the Europeans listening that have like decent bike lanes and you ride your bike to work like I did for years, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. I had headphones on and I was just listening to Arama Aramaic chanting. Yeah. Or just solfeggio frequencies and things that are going to naturally lift your vibration, stuff yeah. like that. And, and you're, I, you're already like doing something. So why not just make it more high frequency? And Deborah, I have to say that you make some of the best audios when it comes to um, your like uh, 
I don't even know how to describe them. They're almost like sublim subliminal. Oh, they're like binarial beats, basically taking you into these alternate dimensions. And I'm still going to pressure you to create like a whole healers uh, collection that we can buy, like a healers bundle that we can use in yeah, um, our that's healing. Been on sessions. my mind, actually. Maybe that's um, the thing that I'm, I'm that my my dragon is wanting to help me with because that's been on my mind because I also have had have post traumatic stress and EMDR has really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, EMDR, like a lot of people know that from like tapping, like bilateral yeah. stimulation. But I started putting that in my own meditations that I make for people to re reprogram their subconscious mind. Basically, that's the beginning of any mentorship with me. I will work with angelic clearing statements, but then I will combine that with this EMDR audio so that their, yeah. the brain hemispheres neutralize, which means that the programming is going to be even more effective because their brain is going to go from a high cortisol state of production to a neutral state. Yeah. So it's like dub double effective. <laughs> Is there a way on YouTube to like put all of your binarial beats into like a folder? Because I have definitely like gone through all of your YouTube to try to find every single binarial beat that you have to send to my yeah. students. <laughs> I have I have one playlist with meditations, oh, but yeah, then playlist. I don't know I don't know if they are all in there. I don't know if they're all in there. And uh, yeah, but that is something that has made such a difference. And for the meditations that I make for myself, I do the same thing. And mm -hmm. I've put it in my hypnosis sessions that I do with people that I will play the background music. And I have a few apps on my phone that I use to create the backgrounds for certain things. And then I don't know what happens. I kind of go into a trance and I'm just like, being the sound magician or something and I'm just yeah. sitting there like this, this sounds good let's do this let's add this and I'm yeah. sitting there I love for that. 10 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your binarial beats are definitely like one of the best like frequencies I've ever worked with I've used your binarial beats in meditation and like drifted off into really cosmic places and just found so much solace so I want I want to, you know, put in the show notes, maybe um, and <laughs> the link to your playlist on that, because like everyone needs that. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's like, I don't know how it came to me, but I do have a history with sound because I, I was a dancer at one point. I've always been creative and I've always loved music. And sound is a very easy way that everybody has access to, to quickly raise your frequency and just chanting, toning, listening to music, drumming. That's all stuff if you do that every day, because like you don't necessarily, even if you have trouble meditating, if you work with a frequency for four minutes, it's going to start working on your natural vibration. If yeah. you use the same mantra for four minutes, then after four minutes, you're going to notice that your frequency is more stable. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to necessarily meditate. You can say the same thing over and over and over yeah. or listen to something. And yeah, for like people that have problems as well with the word God, 
it you can use the name God in a different language. If you say Aram in the Aramaic language, it's Abun, and that means mother, father, God, Abun. Or or you you can say Adonai, which is Hebrew. It's Lord in Hebrew. And that sounds nice. It's a nice word. You can say it if you have trouble with the word God, because you are accessing the same frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And also like using a really sacred sound. That's like the, you know, the downfall of English is like, we're not actually chanting in sacred sound anymore. We're not like calling in this frequency very, very often, very deliberately. Uh, so, so, you know, choosing to say God in another way is so powerful. So powerful. Mm-hmm. Or even Jesus. If you don't like saying Jesus, just say Yeshua. Yeah, I call him just Yeshua. <laughs> I never say Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, I have this really nice mantra. It's like 30 minutes. And it's these two two brothers and a sister, and they're just saying Yeshua, but they're singing. I'm not gonna do it because it's not gonna be a good idea. <laughs> but but it's really nice, and they're just kind of singing his name real slowly, real like nice, and they're just 30 minutes singing Yeshua, Yeshua in all these different tones, and you feel like, oh yeah, Jesus is with me. When you after 30 minutes, you feel that Jesus is right there. And if you like, you can't not feel his presence. Right. If you have heard his name for 30 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Deborah, how can we work with you? <laughs> um, There's all kinds of ways. Um, You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. And yeah, you can just type in Lemaire Soulcrafts, my name, Lemaire with Soulcrafts behind it, like one word. Um, but I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I started you have a, a wonderful TikTok Facebook account. group. Yeah, and that's where you can find well, people can find my free course. It's a video course with I think seven video modules, all ranging between 15 and 30 minutes long, with just real basic, easy advice on how to connect to your intuition and how to hear the voice of your intuition, recognize what that feels like. Real easy step-by-step advice on how to start connecting with your higher self, recognizing um, the difference between your ego and your higher self. And yeah, and like how to work with affirmations, some basics about that, some basics about past lives, but it's, it's real easy. Because I've heard from people that have been doing this work for years that they did it. And they said, even though I already had a foundation, it was a really nice course to do. And it made me look at things in a different way. And then people that had no experience that basically just had their spiritual awakening that had like the most normal life ever two weeks ago and they said wow this was exactly what I needed because yeah. because it was all just so overwhelming and this broke it down for me and and it made sense so I also believe I'm not responsible for this course that I channeled it somehow I'm not yeah. going to take the credit for it because it had to come through me mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and say oh I came up with all this stuff like right I think yeah. it came through me and and I had to just share it. 
And uh, I love the name of it, Activate Your Telephone Line to Source. That was also given to me by my guides or higher self. And I was just sitting on my bed and I'm sitting there like, what should I name this thing? And suddenly, like my sentence wasn't even finished yet. And I'm hearing activate your telephone line to source. I'm like, oh, okay, then that's it. it. And it's like, it's so easy. It's so practical. And it is actually, that is exactly what we're doing. We are activating this telephone line. And it's not like we're not creating something new. We are activating something that has been dormant for a long time. Um, And so that's the name of your course and your Facebook group. And you have a magazine. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's, that's crazy that I, now that you're saying all this stuff, I feel like some actual proper person that's doing actually important stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The magazine kind of came from the group and because I write a lot of blogs and my husband Nick writes a lot of blogs and we just enjoy writing and sharing insights that we get and just like yeah we said why not just put all of that stuff in a magazine and we were starting to connect to a lot of other people online that were sharing really valuable writings and we said hey do you want to be a part of this magazine we can share your articles so now we have a magazine and it comes out each first Friday of the, of the month. Mm. And there's a few different people that contribute every month. And we have different people as well each month that contribute. So it's, yeah, um, yeah just everybody's experiences, different offerings that people have to share, different just, yeah, relatable experiences that people have gone through, stuff like that. And I also just want to say that Deborah is like a twin flame expert, (laughs) a true twin flame expert, not like the new agey false twin flame expert. (laughs) Oh my God. That's a whole topic in and of itself that we can just like, could talk about for hours. That's another thing that I, uh, I feel that this whole establishment has hijacked the true meaning of a twin flame connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be our next episode. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. And we'll have yeah, to have our twin good... flames in here. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, again, that, would be, that would actually be good. Our timeline was the same. I met RJ just uh, maybe a year before you met Nick. And I received mm-hmm. the message from God that we were a true twin flame, not the, the false one. And I was like, what does that mean? And spirit wanted me so hard to talk about twin flames. And then when I met you, I was like, I think I can sit in the shelter of Deborah because I think I know more (laughs) than I allow myself to believe. It's true because like when you think or when you want to be a twin flame, then you just want it so badly sometimes that you will go with whoever presents themselves and usually it's not going to be good it's going to be a toxic karmic situation but then a lot of the times you're not looking for it i had um a one-year-old baby when this man this amazing looking man presented itself to me and i'm like yeah this is this is um you look really nice and everything and you're like a really 
cool guy, but we're going to have to like tone it down over here because I have a baby. <laughs> and so then that following summer, uh, my baby was about to be 18 months old and I started having all the visions and, and all kinds of flashbacks. And then I was shown in super bold neon letters, Heros Gamos, which is Latin for like sacred union. And I see that and all like I get this deep inner feeling, pure, like pure connection to mother, father, God, like this is it. This is the true connection that you now have. Like this has been shown to you. This is your twin flame. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, no, I'm talking to God like, no, I don't want this. You cannot do this to me. I mm -hmm. am not in the mood for this. No, no. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is the next step for you. I'm like, oh, man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, that is the, the average reaction. <laughs> and most people that are in a true twin flame connection, they will absolutely recognize that. And it will come at the time when it's like not convenient. You're dealing yep. with 500 things in life and then you have to deal with this twin flame. No. But yep. then, of course... At the same time, you are so drawn to this person that you want to deal with them. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly. That's exactly how it was with RJ and I. So <laughs> I get it. And mm -hmm. anytime I hear someone talk about, oh, I want my twin flame. I'm like, do you? <laughs> are Make you ready sure for you, soul yeah. catalyzation? <laughs> yeah, that you're going to be like shredded to pieces and then put back together you're gonna walk through this fire literally you're gonna go through this baptism of fire and yeah. then you're gonna have to walk through there and like rediscover yourself yeah this is a great teaser to our next episode so thank you yes. <laughs> or anybody yeah stay tuned this was super fun and thank we will so definitely we have a whole here. bunch of topics Oh, God. Yeah, you're welcome. Deborah's going to be a regular guest around here. She's basically going to become the second co-host. <laughs> we we are always having these private conversations already. So we were like, we should share these conversations because these are like real good conversations. Yeah, I've considered just <laughs> reading them out loud. <laughs> Making them store like how I yeah. do my Akashic stories. Yeah, I and Deborah like, says... Turn all yeah and that, and that's like like audiobooks you make audiobooks yep. for people mm -hmm. exactly that would be good <laughs> i agree uh thank you so much deborah we always get lost in time when it comes to our conversations so i appreciate you taking mm -hmm. the time to come on and i can't wait to talk about twin flames with you because we're gonna yes, bust some yes. massive illusions on twin flames that so. is i'm all up for that i i want to do that huh? yep me too. We're going to do it. It's set in stone. Arthur has put his stone in or <laughs> sword in. Oh my God, that's a horror. I'm not even saying it right. <laughs> Everybody I just saw Arthur in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just like saw, I saw him right there. I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate you so much, Deborah, for being here with me. Well, and I, can't I appreciate you for again. having me. Yes, yes, it was very fun. Okay. I appreciate you. Oh. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.